now we're going to be focusing on our treasure, our money. And the focus is, is, are we putting God at the center of our life? Now, there is that caveat, the thing is important, that you can, you can be really, really good at keeping a Sabbath, like legalistic about it, and coming to worship and all that kind of stuff. And you can be really, really, really you know, good, uh, legalistic about even having a ministry that you're going to serve people because you have to, right? And you could be really, really, really good at giving your tithe, like we talked about last week, and, and offerings, and doing that. But if you don't love God, if you don't have love, Scripture says that you missed it. So, so these things aren't worship themselves. They're areas that God gives us opportunity to worship. All the how we find in Scripture that really having God at the center of our lives, we will. we will. We will put him first with our time. We will have him at the center of our towns. We will have ministry, and we will put him at the center of our life in our treasure. So that's what we are talking about. Now, uh, last week, we did our tithe challenge. We talked about the importance of tithing, putting God first. And if you missed that, I invite you to listen to our our website, funchurch.com. We had 24 families. That's almost 40 people uh, sign up for that, which is fantastic. So as a church, we were putting God first, and I, very good at the part of this message. We'll give you an opportunity to join in if you missed that. Um, just an awesome thing, and be praying for one another as we do this. Because I'll tell you, every time we take steps of faithfulness, the devil's there to try to mess us up. But God always works powerfully through it. So good stuff. Um, today, we're going to talk about really how we're going to keep those commitments. If we want to put God at center, we've got to make sure that we have a plan for that because it doesn't just happen. And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is having a financial plan. And verse really kind of speaks to that. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Now, I know you're like, well, I don't have flocks and I don't have herds. This doesn't, appeal, this doesn't apply to me. But it does. This is talking about uh, back... In the day, uh, we had uh, people were more agricultural, and so their money was on the hillside. That, that was on the, on the tops of the hills eating grass. That's where their finances were. That was basically where their wealth was at. And the thing here is like, listen, look at your money. Look at what you have. God has given you your resources. Know well the condition of your flocks. I give attention to your herds. And we'll talk about today why that's such a good biblical principle. So today we're going to do a couple things. First, we're going to talk about why we should budget, and then we're going to talk about how we budget. Right? So that's what we're going to do. First reason that we budget is because it is wise. Did you notice the book that we just memorized that, that passage out of? Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of reasons why we make a budget because it's smart to do. It is wise to do that. Proverbs 27, this state that we just memorized, says this. Know the state of your flocks. Give attention to your herds. For riches don't last forever. And the crown might not be passed to the next generation. After the hay is harvested and the new crop appears and the mountain grasses are gathered in, your sheep will provide wool for clothing and your goats will provide the price of a field. And you will have enough goat's milk for yourself, your family, and your servant girls. Isn't that happy? Well, I wouldn't love to have goat's milk. It's gross. But talk about this. It's like, listen, there is a process. There is a way that God has designed finances to work. And you got to plan ahead. You see that? It says, listen, if you don't, there's a couple things that might not happen. You might not have enough to cover your expenses, right? You might not have enough. The crown may not get past the next generation, right? If you want to have financial security, part of it goes into planning. It starts with faithfulness. That's the first key. But then it also goes with being smart, having a plan. The first reason is we don't financial plan, it's unwise. We might not have enough to cover our expenses. If you don't budget, you're going to struggle. That's just the way that it is. 
You're going to struggle, according to this passage, to meet your obligations. You're not going to be able to pay, uh, feed your family or your servant girls, right? You're not going to be able to pass on an inheritance. The, the, the crown may not get passed to the next generation. Money is a dynamic thing, isn't it? That's why it's called currency. I stole that from, from, uh, from Dave Ramsey, and I thought that was, pa- that was brilliant. You think like a current, right? It, shh, money doesn't just sit around. You ever felt like you got money and you put it in your pocket and then like the next week it's gone? You're like, what happened? Right? It just moves. Pick a fistful of water out and it just runs away. You have to have a plan. Otherwise, it just goes away. And so part of this is we say we want to direct our money, not just have our money just go wherever it will, willy-nilly. We want to make sure that we're driving it, directing it to do good things, good things. And so the next reason why we make a budget is so we can succeed, right? That God gives us what we need, but then he trusts us with it. You ever notice that? Like every day, God gives you 24 hours, right? You have 24 hours every single day to budget. And some days you do really good with it. And some days at the end of the day, you're like, what happened to my day? Or am I the only one? Right? See, God will give you things And then he trusts you to do with what you're going to do with it. And if you squander it, he'll let you squander it. Enjoy the benefit of that. It's the same with money. And so in our life, we want to to have success. We want to make sure that our goals are achieved, the things that God has set out for us, we can actually do. Making a budget helps with that. In chapter 14 of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, Jesus uses this analogy. He says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. That makes sense. He says, otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you, and they would say, there's the person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Jesus is so practical. Now, in context, he's talking about the cost of discipleship. He says, don't become a Christian. Don't follow him unless you really think it through. But I find it interesting that he uses for that same kind of illustration, he uses a budget and a building project, which we know well about, don't we? He says, listen, Jesus addressing, saying, we have to have a plan. A plan helps us succeed. If you want to do something in your life more than just flail about and survive, you need a plan. You need to think, how am I going to get to there? Right? That's part of what a budget is, a financial plan. And it helps us to succeed. The reason why we want to budget there is that we can be generous. This is huge. One of the reasons that God has blesses us is so that we, in his name, can be a blessing to others. Isn't that amazing? That we have the opportunity to share. One of the greatest joys in life is to be able to help somebody else. And if you've ever had the opportunity to do that, you'll understand how incredible that is. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul writes, On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. Right? I think that's great advice. Paul's saying to the church, you know what? Uh, He's sending them a reminder in advance. You need to plan your giving. I think a lot of people want to be generous. They want to give. But they find at the end of their paycheck they don't have anything left. Why? Is it that God wasn't being faithful to you and providing you the opportunity, or is it that we squandered what he has given us? 
What he tells us here is that, listen, we don't plan for it. We rarely will have money to give. But when we plan, when we plan to be part of God's bigger work, when we put that into our budget, then the blessings are huge. Right? Uh, look what he says in 2 Corinthians. This is the first letter of the Corinthians. Right? So Paul, the first letter of the Corinthians, letter, the second letter he writes to them a little, little nicer. And he writes this in 2 Corinthians. He says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Now, in context, we look at this. Paul is talking about giving in the church, generosity. Directly, this is what he's talking about. In fact, it's this passage right before this that Paul says, listen, it's just like anything else. There's this principle of sowing and reaping. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. And if you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. In other words, if you invest in the kingdom just a little bit, there'll be a little reward. If you invest in the kingdom a lot, there'll be a lot of reward, right? This is what he's saying. It's an amazing process. And he says, if we give, if you go and you plan to be generous, then you'll have the opportunity to do so. And look at this. God will meet you there. That God says, and God will generously provide all you need. When you put God first, he meets our needs. Does that remind us maybe of a memory verse that we did last week? That if we seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, he will provide everything that we need. It's a principle we find not just in one passage, but through the text, the entire scripture. God says, seek him, and he'll give you what you need. If God put on your heart to be generous, oftentimes the problem isn't that that we don't have the money, it's that we had misspent it. Or that we're trying to do things on our own, in our own way, and then we run out of God saying, all right, I'll let you provide for yourself. But if we plan, put God's priorities first in our life, and oftentimes our God is generous God, part of that, he wants us to care for one another. And if we begin to prepare for that, if we begin to plan for that, God does generously. Did you notice that word generously? So many of us have a poverty mentality about God. Like he's some kind of stingy boss that's going to barely give you enough. You're going to eke by. Seek first God and his kingdom. This is not health and wealth. This has to do with the Father's heart for you. He will generously provide what you need. And then you're going to have plenty left over to share. Because this is the nature of our God. And what is the result of this? Well, it's pretty awesome. It says that it's going to result in great honor. Right? It says, as the scriptures say, they share freely and generously with the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered. How long? I think it's one of the things that we take to heaven with us. That there will be people in heaven that we will get to say, we helped. That's an amazing thing. So giving truly is an investment, isn't it? Jesus talked about that. He said, store up your treasures in heaven where it's not going to be destroyed. It's not going to disappear. One of the reasons we budget is so that we can begin to invest in eternal things. Invest in what is fully important. But we will never be able to keep our tithe challenges or anything else if we don't set a plan. Budgeting is crucial. But speaking of the tithe challenge, I invite you. The first step to financial security, financial freedom, is being faithful, isn't it? The purpose is not giving money. The purpose is putting God first. 
And last week, if you missed it, we talked about in Scripture what the tithe is and why it is important. But the purpose of the tithe is this. Put God at center. Put Him first. Not the last. Put Him in your life first. And if you haven't, maybe you were nervous, you weren't here last week, well, I invite you, join us. There's two dozen families in this church, including my wife and I. We've tithed already, but we're going to be upping our game. We want to put God first. We're going to be doing this. If you would like to join us in that, this is what I want you to do. It's on your connection card. Write down Tithe Challenge or TC. Make sure that I have your name, your phone number, your, your mailing address. It has to be your mailing address because I'm gonna, and your email address. I'm going to mail you a packet of uh, some tools and some good things. We're going to support you through this time as well as pray over you and let God do some amazing things. And so if you want to do that, this is your opportunity to do that. Now, all of this is amazing, right? We say, why tithe and why budget? Because it makes a difference. It's the way that we put God first in our life, and then it's the way that we make sure that we're planning to do that. We're making responses so we are able to say we're counting the cost. So that way we can be successful in this. I want to give you just a very short, um, uh, there's a, a video that we have for our financial secretary. who I did this very sermon three years ago, and uh, it made a difference because she began to apply it. And so I would like to play for you just a quick uh, testimony from Rhonda. In the fall of 2015, I did a sermon uh, on budgeting. And I thought it was very interesting because the verse he told us to memorize was Proverbs 27, 23, which is know the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds. And I was thinking, how can that be practical in today's society? But then he explained how he and Amy started the budget project. Then they got over the hurdle of the difficulty. I did. I started it, and I wanted to pay my house down. That's the only thing I had left to pay off was my house, and I had ten years left to pay it off. And I started the process. In the first two months, it was awful. The third month, then I started making it a game for myself, and I would try to make. Um, different sections of my budget, try to get them to move things around so I could pay my house off faster. And after that, I thought I would only give it for four months and to try it. And I went into a year and a half and I paid my, after that, I paid my house off a year and a half later. So I know budgeting works. If you just stick with it, I had to play mind games with myself to make it work for me. But if you can budget, it is a blessing, and God wants to bless us. And I think that is part of helping us to, to get out of debt, to get out and have the financial freedom we need to bless charities, to bless our churches, to bless the kingdom commitment. We just need to give God the resources back to him that he gave to us. You see, it's not just for magic. It's not just for those celebrities somewhere out there. Budgeting works for real people like us. Amy and I went through the budgeting process, right? And it made a big difference for us. It transformed our financial picture. It gave us the ability to, to step out of chaos and survival and into a point of stability and generosity. And you'll notice Rhonda's uh, testimony. It was wise, right? She found the wisdom in budgeting, which allowed her to succeed in some pretty amazing things so she could be generous. This is why we budget. It works. 
So how does it work? How do you do a budget? I was shocked by this because I thought it would be super complex, like you would have to have some master's degree from you know, some Ivy League school. No, budgeting is super duper simple. It just takes a lot of dedication. So the first thing we're going to do is, if you want to make a budget, how do you make a budget? First thing you do is you determine how much money is coming in. That's what you get to budget. That's knowing how many sheep you have on your flocks, right? And that's called income because that's uh, the money that's coming in. You see, budgeting is made for, for dummies like us, right? Income. How much money's coming in? Know it. Figure out how much money you got, okay? That's where you start. Now, for a lot of people, they have uh, stable paychecks, you know, like every two weeks or twice a month or whatever, or once a month, however you get paid. That makes that very easy. Other people have a non-predictable income. Maybe you have your own home business or you, you have a, a seasonal business. Well, you're going to have to start, I would say, uh, make an income figure based upon what your lowest month is, right? And then create like a wish list of, of other things that you can cover. But just what your lowest month of income is, if you have kind of seasonal income, uh, start there. And you know what? There's some tools that we have on our website to help you do this, as well as Financial Peace University has a lot of really great tools for this, especially if you have an income that goes up and down, it's different, uh, really amazing stuff. And so I encourage you to take advantage of that. Good thing, But you have to know what you have to budget. You cannot budget your money if you don't know how much you have. Start there. Okay. Next thing that we need to do is discover then where your money is going. That's called expenses, right? And so it leaves. I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes you get a paycheck and then you look a couple weeks later and that money's not there anymore, right? It went somewhere. You got to know where it went, right? That's important, and this is one of the biggest things. Oftentimes we get money. I remember Amy and I were first married, and I was working for my dad as an electrician, right? And I was, I was making money, I thought, right? I thought, this is great. I'm married, and I got my first paycheck, and it was the biggest paycheck I ever got. And I'm like, woohoo, right? And we were, and so I deposited in the bank, and then a week and a half later, it was gone. And I looked at Amy, and I'm like, what did you do with my money? Right? Which was bad for a lot of reasons, <laughs> Right? But then she sat me down and she said, well, we had to pay rent, which I didn't have to do before. We ate, and I like uh, expensive cereals, so that was bad, right? And then there was cars, and there was gasoline, because I had to drive back and forward to work, and there was clothes, and there was insurance, and all this stuff. And I was shocked at how those little things all added up very, very quickly, right? Well, I'll tell you, your money does go somewhere. It doesn't just poof into nothingness. You have to know where it's going, and so that way, figure out how you already are. Just where, where are your flocks scattering to? And that'll help you then begin to make a plan where do you want them to go. So two options to figure out how you, where your money is going. The first one is get all your bank statements, right? Most people spend now, not in cash, we spend out of our debit cards, right? Which one nice thing about that, there's some bad things about that, but a nice thing about that is that you can see where your money goes. There's a list. So mark it down, figure out where it's going. Or what you can do, if that just overwhelms you to the point that you're never going to do it, start from scratch and then write down just each expense. Start right now, this today. As you go out, every time you spend money, just write down, I spent $3 to do this. I spent $20 to fill up my gas. Whatever it was, write it down and do that for a month. Figure out where your money is going. Do you know? that uh, we have tools on our website, funchurch.com. If you push the give button or whatever, there's some tools there. But there's even better tools if you sign up for Financial Peace University. There's some really, really, really great tools that'll help you understand where your money is going. 
Once we know how much we have and where our money already is going, then we need to make a plan. And that's called a budget, right? That's all a budget is. It's a spending plan. Most people hate budgets because they feel like a budget is a master, like a taskmaster that's over you telling you you can't do anything fun, which is not true. I thought it was that way too for the longest time. I thought budgets are no fun, right? Because it's telling me what to do. Uh Uh-uh, I create the budget. Amy and I, we make our budget. We tell our money, you're going to do this because we're living for something bigger than just small little tiny joys, right? We're living for something important. And if we want to be generous, if we want to have security, if we want to take care of people, then we are going to have to tell our money to do it. And that's us. We are the bastard of the budget. So are you. You make the plan. Now, in making the plan, might I suggest that you, I don't know, engage the wisdom of God? That's a good way to do it, right? So when we started making our budget, Amy and I were like, we are ignorant in this. And so we started by saying, God, your priority is not ours. We need help because we were in trouble. We didn't know how to be wise. And so beginning to ask God, make your priorities our priorities. We want to put you center in our life, God. We want our life to revolve around you. But right now we can't because we have been misappropriating your stuff. So help us. And he did. So this is how we can make a budget. We make a plan. You start with this. You start with the expenses that you can't change. Those are going to be things like your mortgage, if you have one, your housing expenses. Most of us live somewhere. That's important. Things like that. You're going to have in there, you're going to have uh, any type of bills that you know just kind of come in. Put those in first, right? Next, you're going to play with categories that you can change. Those are going to be things like groceries. You can spend more or less on groceries. I discovered that was a really, that was an empowering day. Eating out, believe it or not, you can control how much you go out or not, right? Play with those things. Entertainment is important to have in our budget, but you can control how much you're spending on entertainment or not. So play with those numbers to make the budget work, right? And make it, this is important because Amy and I, we messed up a lot before this. We would make a budget and it was like this wonderful dream idea and it'd be out there. And then we would have like, like several hundred dollars left over because we're going to be really we're going to be really responsible this month. We're going to have like we're going to have a couple hundred dollars left over, and by the end of the month, the hundred dollars was gone plus a little extra, right? Because we didn't tell that hundred dollars extra where to go, and so it just left and brought and took friends, right? <laughs> it's called a zero-based budget. You tell every dollar where to go because God has gifted you; He's trusting you with every single dollar. You tell every dollar where to go. Every single time you get paid. So for me, the church, we, I get paid twice a month, which I'm grateful for. Thank you. Right? So every two weeks, every two weeks, we sit down, we make a budget. We say, this is where that's going to go. Every two weeks. And that's a powerful thing. And I shared with you the power of this because we had gotten into this pattern of making this budget like this. Well, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Somebody decided to take all of the money out of our accounts because I was stupid and had things linked together. I learned a big lesson. So two years worth of savings, poof, gone. And it happened on the 14th, a day that I was preaching. And I was looking at my watch because I was preaching and it says low balance alert and all my money was gone on my account. So I, so I was like, well, I'll deal with that after the sermon, right? Well, guess what? It happened on the 14th. I got paid on the 15th. Amy and I were not freaked out. I didn't lose sleep. I didn't have this horror. Now I was still mad. And I still pray for justice, whoever did that, right? And working with the bank to get some of that back. But I'll tell you what, the cool thing was is it didn't put us in a bad spot because I knew the next day I could make it. 
we could save. We had a plan. You don't have to be afraid when you have a plan. It's a powerful thing, right? God works with us, just as Jesus said, just as Paul told us. When we make a plan, God will generously provide us everything we need. There's a power in this. But when you make a budget, it's hard. Because at least when you first start, you're not good at it. It's like when you do anything for the first time. Nope, right? The first time you make a budget, expect that you're going to be awful at it. You're going to make a budget, and like three days in, you're going to like, I didn't remember that thing. Then you have to go back, and you've got to fix whatever you didn't have. So you've got to figure out where that money's going to come from. Then a new crazy expense comes out that you didn't know was going to be there before. So you've got to go and kind of figure out where you're going to get that. That money from, and the first time Amy and I made a budget, every single day, sometimes twice a day, we would go back to our budget and be like, we messed that one up, right? But I'll tell you, it got easier. It's like when you learn how to ride a bike, if you can remember that. When you first ride, you have like your training wheels and all that, and you still fall down, right? But then after a while, you get really good at it. Or like learning to drive a car. You remember when you were 16, you're learning to drive a car, and it was terrifying, and all you could think about is, I'm listening to the engine so I know when to shift, right? And I've got to pay attention to all the signs, all of the signs. I've got to read them all, right? And all of that. And you almost like run into somebody in front of you because you're paying attention to everything else, right? It's hard. It's like that in budgeting. When you first start, it seems overwhelming. It's not. Don't be overwhelmed. Just stick with it. A couple months in, it took us about three, four months. And you heard Rhonda's story. It was about three, four months. Then we started to get pretty good at it. And then it becomes a game. You think, how much further or faster can I get to my goals? It becomes fun. And I know that's crazy. I'm the last person in the world who would normally have said that. But you have to make a plan, and you've got to keep adjusting your plan until you get it. And then once you have your plan, this is also important. You have to do this. You have to work your plan. If you make a budget, it could be the most beautiful budget in the world, but if it stays locked up somewhere in like some golden chest in your house, it's not doing anything. It's got to be something that you practice. It, it, it takes time. It's going to feel different when you start. But it's wise, and it helps you succeed, and it leads us to an amazing possibility to, to live a generous life in the, in, in the provision of God. It's an amazing thing. But I'll tell you, we start directing. We start directing our funds. We tell them where to go because God has blessed us with them. Remember, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. That's why we start with the God as owner. If he's trusted you with something, love him enough to steward his stuff well. And that's how we begin to make a budget. Now, I'll tell you, I went through about nine weeks worth of stuff. Is that right, Stephen? About nine weeks worth of stuff? <laughs> There's some other steps in there, but budgeting is crucial to success and financial peace. If you want to be around others that are going through that process, financial peace changed Amy and my life. It was amazing. We loved it so much we've done it three times because it's good to have the reminders to go through, but to be with other people that helped us when we were making dumb decisions or like, hey, you can shape this up and here are the well spent. It is investment that can help you. That is huge. And by doing that, it lives up to its name. We talk about financial freedom and financial peace. Aren't those two things that you want to have, two words you want to have associated with your finances? Freedom and peace. Those are some tools that are available and I encourage you, take advantage of them. All right, so today... We're going to talk about finding that financial freedom. We want to make sure that we have to have a plan. Financial freedom, of course, starts by recognizing that God is the owner, right? Until we get that, as long as we think that we're the owner, it's our money, we're going to do whatever we want, we're going to be selfish. And that leads us to self-destructive living. 
We've got to start with that God owns it, and he owns me, and he's got something better in store for all of this than I do, and he's going to take care of me. Then, next thing, after we recognize that God is owner, recognizing that, it, that I have to be faithful. If it's his stuff, financial freedom comes with faithfulness. And so that's why he's talking about the tithe challenge and all of those things, beginning to put God as centered, recognizing I want to use his money for his priorities. Then it also then leads to then this next thing of competence. If you want to be successful and have financial freedom, financial peace, you have to begin to learn how to create a financial plan and live in it. And listen, it's for everybody, from people who have pennies to those who are billionaires, all of us. We are responsible to God for what he has given us. And so if there's some tools here in the church that we'd love to help you with, Financial Peace University is great if you can do that, if you can't. There are people, especially on our finance team, that are willing to meet with you to help you. And uh, we're in this together to make sure that we put God at center. All right? So how do you apply this? This is not, I know this is not my most spiritual sermon that I've ever given, right? But it is. Because how we spend our life is the most important thing, right? This is a very spiritual endeavor. That's why Jesus talked about money so very, very much. Talks about our time quite a bit. He talks about how our ministry quite a bit. Putting God at center. What are some steps that you can take to be able to put this into practice so that you can connect with the Lord, that you can follow him? On the back of your connection card, I have a couple things that you might want to do. Maybe you want to memorize Proverbs 27, 23. I was so proud of Rhonda that she memorized that from three years ago and could quote it on a video. That we did. I didn't even ask her to do that. That was fantastic. This is powerful stuff. When you recognize that God is empowering you to actually have control over these things, he wants you to pay attention, this is good. And it changes the way we think. Memorize that. Or how about read Luke 16? Why? Because Jesus is talking about discipleship, right? If we're disciples that build disciples. He's telling us how do we live our life for purpose and meaning and eternal. Read it. Or how about this? Make a budget. Say today, I'm going to begin the process of making a plan. I'm going to figure out my income. I'm going to figure out where my money's going. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to ask God what he wants. I'm going to put his priorities first. I'm going to get my stuff in there so I can make it happen. And then I'm going to start applying it. And I know I'm not going to do it perfect. But every time I mess up, I'm going to learn from it and come back to it. Make a budget. Start today. You're never going to do a budget tomorrow. You never will because it's not fun. Right? You're going to do it today. Go and do it. And I think you'll be amazed what God will do. Or how about this? Maybe you want to join Financial Peace University. Get the tools Get the encouragement, get the community, get the direction, all the stuff so you, can, so you can get the support you need to make this important change in your life so you no longer have to live in financial bondage and in financial chaos. Financial peace and financial freedom. Choose that so you can make sure that you're not trying to serve these two masters. Serve God and love him only. And I'll tell you what, there's peace and there's freedom. And that's what we want. So make your commitments, whatever they are. Maybe there's something else. Maybe a prayer request. Write that down. And here in a second, we're going to take our offering. And as we take our offering and our tithes, would you please take this connection card. Drop it in the offering basket as it is passed. It'd be a good thing. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for these and for our gifts. And then uh, we'll have the worship team come out. And uh, we will close with some, with some worship. So let's pray. Father God, you are good and you're powerful and you're loving. And Lord, you are a provider. That's part of who it says in your word that you are. You treat us like a father, not as a stingy old boss. That you are kind to us. You provide everything that we need if we allow you to. 
So God, may this church be one that allows you to. Change our hearts, Lord. Take us out of the center. Selfish motives, laziness, fear, discouragement. God, all of those things that happen that, that keep us from, from investing your resources into your purposes. God, I pray that you would change us on the inside, creation, as we come together and put you first in this way. Father, I pray that you would do a work in us. Let us not just become good financial stewards. Father, help us to be devoted disciples of yours. Let's see your work in every area of our life. Father, I pray in this, help us to be generous towards one another as we seek to build your kingdom in love. But Father, I pray that you would use the, the, the commitments that we've made today to, to be acts of faith, not just tasks to do. But Father, would you please empower those who have made commitments today through your Holy Spirit to keep them with your help as just a sign of their decision to follow you. Father, I pray for, for as well for the tithes and the offerings that we bring today. Use them as investments for your kingdom. As we seek you first and above all else, we pray that you would bless, bless us with the, with the actual truth of your word, that you will provide everything we need generously and out of your kindness. Help us to be good stewards of what you have given us. We pray all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.